Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For cables, connectors, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. And buy the ham station. Get your new radio or antenna by calling 800-729-4373 or go to hamstation.com. It's Ham Radio. And a good evening to everyone. It's Ham Talk Live, episode number 66. The search for Amelia Earhart with Tom Vinson, NY0V, recorded live on Thursday, May 25th, 2017. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight, we're joined by Tom Vinson, NY0V, and we'll take your calls in just a few minutes. Last week, our live show was from Dayton. And um, thanks to everybody who stopped in to visit. We had uh, some people that uh, drove over to uh, Spring Hill Suites and uh, visited the show. And, and so we're uh, real thankful for those people coming by. We had a great time. And um, we had uh, one call in, and, and we talked to a lot of the Newsline crew uh, about uh, their travels and, and uh, some Hamvention stories. So if you enjoy some, some good stories from Hamvention, give it a listen over at hamtalklive.com. And uh, while we were at uh, this year's Hamvention, uh, we had a great time. Uh, Hammy the Pig, the mascot, was, was a big hit. We've... Uh, Got uh, several pictures, and if you haven't uh, sent us your pictures yet with Hammy the Pig, why uh, send them to us. Uh, you can tweet those at Ham Talk Live, or put them on Facebook or Instagram, and hashtag Ham Talk Live, or you can send them to our email if you want. Uh, but we'd love to see those. But we've got quite a collection going over uh, over there on Facebook, so uh, you'll have to check those out. But uh, we had we had a great time with that, and. Uh, Really enjoyed hanging out with a lot of the Newsline crew this year. Uh, we got most everybody uh, over there uh, this year and was able to, to hang out with uh, with them for quite a while. And, and uh, my usual uh, education forums, the youth forum and the instructors forum, uh, got to go to those and also got to go visit the... Uh, Voice of America Museum of Broadcasting uh, once again, and I got to share that uh, um, experience with some of my uh, Newsline colleagues um, that hadn't been there before. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And and if you haven't been over to YouTube yet, 
and, and I really hated to miss the uh, the concert. But the Spurious Emissions Band, we, we had them on the show here a few weeks ago. And uh, if you haven't been over to YouTube to, to watch and, and listen to the Spurious Emissions Band this year, D- Don't Cry for Hera Arena is absolutely fabulous so you, you gotta listen to that one if you don't listen to anything else uh back ew1 bxy did the vocals on that and she absolutely nailed it uh it was uh it was a excellent performance and the lyrics were were just hilarious and uh so check out don't cry for Hera arena over on youtube uh, from the Spurious Emissions Band. And also, a little biased, but I, I really liked the medley called Radio Waves uh, because it had my suggestion in the middle. Uh, it was Bow Fang. So, you know, it was the uh, the whole wild thing thing so uh, it was it was pretty good it was pretty cool to hear that and uh, sounds like the guys had a blast uh, <laughs> tossing around some lyrics and trying to figure out uh, the Baofang song so uh, get over there to YouTube and, and check it out when you can uh, we had uh, had a great time now I want to mention our winner here uh, we've got our last DX80 radio waves off center fed dipole giveaway uh, we did one every single week leading up to uh, hamvention for all of our hamvention previews and uh, we we went through all the pictures that were sent in and and our crack staff has has picked a winner and the winner of the final, Radio Waves DX80 off-center fed dipole uh, that we're giving away is Patrick Malone of Arveda, Colorado, KT1GGR. So congratulations to KT1GGR. You've won the final DX80 from Radio Waves and. uh, and we'll let Emmett know about that and get that to you. So uh, congratulations, and thanks for tweeting in your picture of uh, Hammy from the Hamvention. All right, well, get your uh, questions ready to go here for Tom, and uh, after uh, we talk a little bit, you can call us on the old telephone. That's 812-NET-HAM-1, 812 812- 6384261 is the phone number to call into the show and participate and you can also Skype us at Ham Talk Live. You can also send in a tweet or Twitter handle is at Ham Talk Live. And so uh, we'll come back, we'll talk to Tom for a little bit and then I'll invite you to uh, use one of those methods to chime in and uh, be a part of the show tonight. So I'll be back with Tom right after this word from the Ham Station right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by the Ham Station. For over 37 years, the Ham Station has sold new and used radios, antennas, accessories, and equipment to hams everywhere. Give Dan or Jeff a call at 800-729-4373 or order online at hamstation.com. Ham Station carries all the major brands like Icom, Yezu, and Kenwood, and they have a wide selection of radio scanners, MFJ accessories, Heil Sound products, and 
amplifiers by Mirage and Ameritron, Cushcraft antennas, and more. Easy online ordering is at hamstation.com or call 1-800-729-4373 to place an order and talk it over with the experts. The Ham Station, proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. The early bird may get the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Welcome back to Ham Talk Live, the ham station. They've got you covered. They've got new equipment, used equipment, you name it. Give Dan or Jeff a call, 800-729-4373. Or go to hamstation.com. Tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live, and we appreciate that. Tell them, tell them Neil sent you. Ham Talk Live is on the air every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, right here at hamtalklive.com. If you missed the show, you can listen to the archive. It's on the website, or you can download it uh, from most popular podcasting sites. And uh, returning as my guest uh, this evening is Tom Vinson, NY0V. He was on uh, the show before talking about uh, some scouting over in uh, Myanmar. And uh, Tom's originally from Champaign, Illinois, now lives near Rochester, Minnesota. He spent most of his career working for Collins in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, as an engineer and programs manager. And he's worked over 350 DXCC entities and has an eight-band DXCC award. He's now retired and enjoys chasing DX and visiting his children and grandchildren and has been involved for a long time on this search for Amelia Earhart that we're going to talk about tonight. So, Tom, thanks for coming on the show again. Yeah, good to hear you again there, Neil. Well, uh, the, the story of, of uh, Amelia Earhart uh, is, is kind of had a resurgence here lately, uh, and uh, you've kind of re, uh, reinvigorated the search again. So uh, tell us about the search and, and some of the history of the, of the search and your role in it, and then we'll get into some of the ham radio aspects. Oh, okay. Well, uh, like I say, we've been involved in it for uh, quite a while. Uh, there's a team of us from Rockwell Collins where we started investigating this on the request of uh, Nauticus Corporation out of Cape Porpoise, Maine. And we started in 1999, and they asked us to look at the HF radio aspects of this as she was running on 3105 and 6210 kilohertz. And our job was to uh, look at that and analyze the problem and uh, see if you could tell if she's getting closer to Howland Island, her target uh, back there in uh, 1937, or going further away or what have you. And uh, that turned into be an uh, over 3,000-hour project of volunteer engineering labor on the part of uh, the engineers and scientists that we pulled together, all of them hams, all of them from the Rockwell Collins Amateur Radio Club, but all of them experts in their field. Uh, a couple of them were actually engineers of the year uh, over time. So uh, our job was to back calculate the distance between her aircraft, her Lockheed L-10E Electra, 
and the Coast Guard cutter Itasca that was stationed off Howland Island waiting for her. And uh, that was uh, quite a project, quite a project. But anyway, uh, after we turned in all our, our information to Nauticos, uh, we were invited, a couple of us, Rod Bloxham, K0DAS, and myself were invited out uh, to the first expedition in 2002, where we mapped out a 2,000-square-mile area around Howland Island, less than 100 miles from Howland. And so we went on that expedition and covered about, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, roughly uh, 650 square miles or so at that point. And then uh, in 2006, we went out again. This is all doing deep water sonar. And uh, cumulatively, at that time, we did 1,350 square miles of that 2,000. And then now, just this year, we finally uh, acquired the funding that we needed to go out again. This is not cheap. Uh, going Howland Island is one of the most remote islands in the world out there. And... It uh, takes over uh, over $2 million each time you go out, almost three. And uh, this time we had, instead of having a tow-to-ray system, we had an autonomous underwater vehicle uh, that was from Woods Hole Oceanographic Institution, where we spent seven weeks out. Uh, it takes a week, just a little, well, eight days to get down to the Helen Island search area and then to begin searching and then to pull up and then to go get back home so uh this uh this survey was a little bit different with the autonomous underwater vehicle because you could uh, um, send that vehicle down and it would run uh depending on which batteries it was but up to about 24 hours at any one time uh, under a laid out pattern with waypoints uh, on the bottom of the ocean at 18,000 feet it would come up uh, surface, and we would retrieve it and then uh, take the data off of the Remus 6000 and send that up into operations where it would be analyzed in about 45 minutes to an hour by probably two of the best sonar experts and analysts in the world, uh, Tom Detweiler and Jeff Morris. And so uh, that was really uh, quite quite a process. And so at the end of this survey, uh, we had covered the original 2,000 square miles that we had come up with as being an 80 to an 85% probability area and came up empty-handed. Uh, now, all the data, all the inputs haven't changed. Uh, her signal was still an S5, which back then was S9, on her last transmission in 0843 in the morning, uh, Itasca Standard Time. So... She was very strong. Uh, at one point, the chief radio operator, uh, Leo Bellerts, in an interview said that she was so loud that he looked outside the shack, if you will, the radio room of the Itasca, expecting her to fly through the rigging. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty loud, <laughs> especially when you're on uh, 3105 with a 50-watt AM transmitter. Yeah. <laughs> transmitting into an 11-foot piece of wire two and a half hours after sunrise. So yeah. we put all that together, and uh, she was close. So we just didn't run across it. We had high expectations that we were going 
finder, but uh, didn't on this one. And so we go back to our decision tree matrix and uh, look at the an analysis that we have and look at the next highest probabilities and go on from there. Very, very interesting. So uh, let's get into um, a little bit of, of how the um, ham radio ties into this. And and I also want to get into a little bit about um, what you're getting out of this. Uh, I know I know you're getting a lot out of this besides just you know the raw information, but it, it's it's some uh, good information to um, use for educational purposes and that kind of thing. But but first, let's let's get into to how the the ham radio ties into. Uh, this search. Okay. Well, uh, I've already mentioned the history of that and uh, all being radio amateurs. And this time along, uh, we also had uh, Brian, KE0YSQ, and uh, with the expertise there with Brian and some of the other engineers from uh, Rockwell Collins and Cedar Rapids, we put together a NAS system, and uh, a lot of the IT work was all uh, built in, if you will, uh, the ability to send and receive emails off the ship uh, with our own domain and what have you. But also uh, the primary thing that we have always been keen on is STEM education. That's the science, technology, engineering, and math to uh, bring young people into the sciences. And we are keen on that. And Rockwell Collins actually has been sponsoring uh, us through C-Word. That's a nonprofit organization, a 501c3 arm of Nauticos Corporation, and it's the educational arm of Nauticos. And so C-Word uh, has been uh, receiving grant money from Rockwell Collins, and we this time set up an expedition web portal where we're able to upload videos and have uh, – Students actually uh, see those videos and interact with those. We also had an educator from NASA, Goddard, uh, developing curriculum materials. And then we used amateur radio to actually conduct uh, live classes, just like Ham Talk Live. But we had live classes um, where the students on the other end would be, uh, we would conduct interviews via amateur radio. And so we actually got on uh, 20 meters in the morning. I had a good S9 signal into Hawaii, and I would be on HF talking to Gary, KH6GMP. He's out in uh, Kona, and he has Echolink, and he Echolinked into Antietam Elementary School in Woodbridge, Virginia, and the teacher there, Kathy, she is KM4TAY. Now, she had gone through the ARRL uh, teacher education program, and she had a group of fifth-grade TAG students. That's talented and gifted. And what we did is we conducted a Q&A session live during the expedition. And so I would speak and go over 1,600 miles up to Hawaii. Then Gary would tap us into the Echo Link. Uh, switch us in on audio, and it would travel another, what, 4,000 miles out to Virginia to the classroom where she had Echolink on her uh, smartphone. 
And then the kids could ask a question and it would go back the other way over Echolink and HF. And we conducted Q&A that way with the students. So it was very cool. And it worked very well because there wasn't any other propagation except to Hawaii, that north-south path in the early mornings on 20 meters. And, of course, that would be the afternoon in Virginia. Uh, so uh, that was uh, a lot of fun uh, to do the STEM education in that way. And we also then contacted uh, Ken Kenneth Ransom, N5VHO, down at Johnson Space Center. And we got uh, some orbital paths of the ISS, the International Space Station, where Commander Shane Kimbrough and others, Peggy Whitson, uh, she's been up there now for quite a while, broke a lot of records. But they were on the ISS, and we had some potential uh, orbits that we might be able to meet. Uh, they kind of stood us up for the first six, but on the seventh one, they came through, and we were able to put uh, different crewmen on onto the microphone with the space station. And then Sally Smith from NASA Goddard asked him uh, what would be their message to students as far as pursuing STEM education, and especially uh, young women who uh, might shy away from something like that. So that was very cool. We made two separate ISS contacts via uh, two meters, of course. And up there you have horizon to horizon. So we'd have about nine minutes, uh, full uh, good audio, uh, full good strength uh, on FM, two meter FM, uh, where we had to hand point the antenna. One of us would stand outside and aim the antenna and time it. And the other uh, rod would be on the inside on the mic or vice versa. And that worked out really well. In fact, when I was outside on the second one, I had a handy talkie on my waist, and I could hear the space station fine on the handy talkie. Uh, of course, they're only about 220 miles away <laughs> when they pass. <laughs> but it worked great. It was great. Only. A good way. Only. But, I mean, it was 220 miles. I, would, I could hear them plain as day. So it was very nice on that little bitty uh, handy talkie with a rubber ducky. Uh, I was aiming a three-element Yagi at them. So, and Rod, and inside we had an amplifier, so we're running about 150 watts. So they heard us really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very good. Now that's a, that's some cool stuff, and inspires kids to uh, to study that kind of thing and get into it, and and uh, uh, really a, a great way to. Uh, to promote um, the science, technology, engineering, and math uh, in schools. So that's, that's just one of the, uh, the big takeaways that, that you were able to, uh, to get. And I'm sure there were some, uh, some kind of more pure scientific kinds of things uh, that you get out of that um, trip as well, even though you came up empty-handed. Well, that's right. Uh, the things that we were seeing down there, uh, there were a couple of man-made objects, but uh, the geology down there, no human eyes had ever seen. And so that data is now available for uh, you know geologists uh, to be able to study that. Uh, we saw some pretty incredible, uh, well, we saw one big landslide that was probably a thousand meters wide, big landslide off the seamount you know, Howland Island is basically a, an eight, a top of an 18,000-foot mountain. And uh, so a lot of interesting things down there. And, of course, some uh, calderas and uh, things like that, ridges that are very uh, 
new to everyone that was on board to just see that was very, very interesting. The, um, you know, one of the cool things, too, is Sally Smith at Goddard came up with uh, six modules that uh, teachers can use uh, to uh, help use the Amelia Earhart mystery for uh, science, technology, engineering, and math, uh, STEM education. And those were all put up also on the Expedition web portal. Uh, people can go to nauticos.com, that's N-A-U-T-I-C-O-S.com, and there's a launch button for the Expedition portal. And in there, there's an education button that uh, there's videos, but there's six modules. For instance, one would be, how do you tell uh, a geological feature from a man-made feature in sonar? And you have Jeff Morris explaining uh, that in a video, and then give you they give a couple of uh, shots, some sonar pictures, if you will, yeah, or images is a better word, and uh, the the student can look and determine if it's man-made or if it's geology, things like that, all the way down the line. And uh, so that's all now up there that was developed while during the while we were all out on the expedition, uh, actually interviewing these experts and then developing curriculum around that. So we're pretty excited about it. Uh, our vision for that website for the next expedition would be to uh, make it interactive. It's not yet interactive. And so, again, hopefully uh, continue to get good funding uh, from different investors and people who are interested in STEM education and uh, getting young people excited in the sciences and, um, you know, hopefully amateur radio and uh, use that uh, vehicle to uh, get them all encouraged to get into uh, maybe engineering school when they get into college. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah. great. Um, now, you did mention, you know, that you've got your uh, your solution decision, was it solution tree, or that's a place here mm -hmm. in town. But, yeah, but your, uh, okay. your, your decision-making matrix, you know, that – kind of go back and see um, what you're going to do next time. So what's next time looking like? Do you know yet? Yeah, it's pretty early. Uh, we've just basically gotten back, and then uh, then I went to Dayton. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, and you yeah. And you discovered all kinds of things, mud, traffic. Um, yeah, yeah. And, 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 but, but a lot of good food and a lot of good people and, and a lot of good yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was great, great. But, uh, yeah, we have uh, different uh, tools. We have a Monte Carlo simulation because uh, we can now take – we know where she isn't, for instance, and that's good information, and we can now take our Mon Monte Carlo simulation and add in that to know those endpoints are no longer valid, those flight paths. And so we have that. We have a statistical mapping that we use where we use – multiple variables from the problem, radio signal analysis, uh, the line of position, accuracy of navigation, and things like that, and uh, come up with uh, the hot areas, if you will. And then uh, we have a decision tree matrix that is, uh, looks like a tree. It's a decision tree, and we had groups of pilots and navigators uh, go through that and determine which if she had to make at, at each node, at each decision point, 
which is the most likely case in that scenario? What decision would they make? And then we would follow that down. Uh, all endpoints on the decision tree, of course, ends up in a crash. <laughs> and uh, so now you just follow the tr- you break off the branches that don't work because you know the endpoints and you go to the next ones. And, you know, you have different things that come into play, too, like pilot fatigue. And she's uh, in the air in that egg beater of an aircraft for, for uh, those engines on either side of her uh, for 20 hours and 43 minutes. And the effects of uh, fatigue have been studied by the Air Force quite at large. And, and uh, your rationality or decision-making uh, is hampered. Uh, your visual acuity drops, and so where she she had gray eyes, uh, where she might have had 25-mile visual acuity, it's maybe down to 15 now. Um, your strength drops. You don't have as much strength, you know, to pull back on the yoke if you're out of gas and you got to trim out the aircraft and try to land, stall that aircraft out above the water, things like that. So uh, we'll be studying all of that, putting it back together again, um, analyzing our assumptions that went into it and see if they're still valid or not valid, and then come up with a new search area. And then, of course, raising the funds. Uh, You know, fundraising is tough. Our uh, expedition lead and and the investor that really uh, promoted, helped us get out there, uh, was Alan Eustace. And Alan... Um, not only was he at Google, but uh, he is the guy that was uh, hauled up in a spacesuit to 136,000 feet about a year and a half ago and then released. And uh, as he fell back, free fell, uh, he broke the sound barrier with his body at 826 miles an hour. And then, uh, and then you know, the parachute opened and he landed safely in the desert in Arizona. But uh, anyway... Uh, he was our prime sponsor, and so uh, we need to find, again, more multiple investors, I would hope, and uh, uh, get back out there and, you know, get the job done. And the sea does not give its uh, secrets up easily. At 18,000 feet, that is a very tough job. Yeah. Very tough job. Sounds like it. but sounds like uh some interesting work and uh and you're able to do a lot with it so uh sounds great well we're going to take a break and we're going to give you a chance uh the listener to ask some questions uh here with uh, tom and uh, find out more about the search for amelia Earhart. and it's ties to ham radio but first we're going to hear this word from tower electronics right here on ham talk live This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a HamFest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and ham sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, 
Workman, and Hampro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Oh yeah, you're talking ham radio, baby. You're listening to Ham Talk Live with Neil Rapp. Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Scott and Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show tonight to help bring you Ham Talk Live. And, and if you go to the Facebook page, you can even see a picture of Jill with Hammy the Pig, the Ham Talk Live mascot. Um, hey, they're taking a, a week off, to recover from Dayton. And boy, I wish I'd had a full week to recover from Dayton. I needed it. That was, that was fun. It was great. But boy, was I tired. Um, but June 4th, they're going to be in Princeton, Illinois. June 10th, they'll be in Newberry, Michigan. June 18th, Monroe, Michigan. And then July 8th at Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Or if you can't make any of those, and if you missed them at Dayton, call 920-435-2973 or visit them at pl-259.com and tell them you heard it on Ham Talk Live. And I don't know how many people told me. They said, yeah, I went over to the Tower Electronics booth and told them I wanted the 0% off sale going on now. And that, that was good. So I uh, appreciate you uh, you supporting them. And uh, give them a call, 920-435-2973. So it's time for your calls now. If you have a question for Tom, NY0V, give us a call, 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us. Just look for Ham Talk Live. You'll find us there on Skype. You can also tweet something in at Ham Talk Live. So uh, give us a call, 812-638-4261, and ask your questions about this uh, search for Amelia Earhart. And Tom, you said you were able to, to do some HF while you were out there? Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, we had two ICOM 7000 stations. Uh, one of them had an Alpha 91, which was uh, loaned to us, 91 Bravo, by uh, Chemo, KH7U. So uh, good kudos and thanks to Chemo on that. And uh, so and I had uh, I brought my uh, Step IR vertical out uh, the big ir and we mounted that horizontally off the starboard side of the ship about 70 feet off the water and uh, that thing worked out like gangbusters so uh, i got on uh, usually uh, the our sunset was the best if i wasn't well, working gary up in the mornings on 20 meters but uh get on our sunset and i was really working the world uh, about that time of night, it's gray line over in Eastern Europe, so I was able to work in, into Eastern Europe. So I worked like 50 DXCC countries and uh, over 500-some people. So I've got a special QSL card for those who worked us and from the expedition. and got those printed now. I just arrived, so I'll be good. <laughs> I've got my work cut out for me there. Yeah, but, now uh, you've got more work to do. Yeah, more work to do. 
But uh, some of the best contacts, uh, XX9 in Macau, 9 and 7 Nepal, and our antipode was over by uh, the 9G5X guys over there in uh, the Atlantic, ZD7V5, pretty close to the antipode when you're over just north of the equator and east of the dateline. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. I uh, worked some rare, I uh, worked KH9, uh, Wake Island, and there was a gentleman there, uh, I think it was WW6RS portable, or RG portable KH9. He was running five watts of uh, sideband. So <laughs> uh, I don't know how many he worked out there, but I don't think there were a lot. Uh, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good time to, uh, to do that and, uh, and the stepper out there, that's, that's fabulous. So <laughs> yeah. that's, uh, that's a good deal. Yeah, we mounted horizontally because the ship has a GMDSS HF system, and on the port side, they have a porcupine set of verticals there sticking up uh, off what we call the monkey deck. And uh, my station was up on the port side of the bridge, up 70 feet in the air. And so we mounted the uh, vertical horizontally, and it worked fine out there, really good. Uh, The only problem was as the ship inclines back and forth there were some times that we rocked when we're up at the end of the pendulum 70 feet up uh it would go over 20 25 degrees and of course then the distance from the hf antenna off the surface of the water varied from 70 feet to 50 feet to 90 feet (laughs) the tips of it you know so the swr would vary and uh, we had put some uh, radials on it for 40 meters uh to get it to resonate better and those radials would go away from the ship when it was uh, leaning to the starboard and then it would come in on the port side and uh, leaning port and it would come in and we had arcs going against the railings of the ship <laughs> from the radial oh, wow. uh, from the high impedance points they would just arc uh, right over so uh, anyway had a lot of fun with it uh, ran quite a bit of CW I like CW and so I would get on it uh, when the Terminator, the gray line's coming across the states, which would be like 1 o'clock in the morning, which wasn't always fun to get up and do that, but it was fun working the guys back in the states and, and running uh, 40 CW. And I would usually be up around uh, 7027. Uh, you wouldn't believe all the junk that's below 7025 out there. And so really the clearest frequency was up above. And so... Um, I'd get up there and then work uh, back in the stateside, and some signals really just booming in, 10 over 9, 20 over 9 on some mornings uh, on that uh, gray line path. So that was great. And then, of course, the gray line at night going up into Europe and uh, going north up over the poles. It's almost straight over the poles, so it's a very difficult uh, path. But working into Eastern Europe... Uh, Western Europe was already in daylight too far, so I didn't hear any of the French or uh, English uh, stations, you know, the UK or any of those um, that far west or their west. Uh, It looks like east to me on the map, but it's uh, that far over. The sun was uh, already too high in the sky to work those guys at our sunset. 812-NET-TAM-1 is the phone number, 812-638-4261. If you have something uh, to 
contribute, give us a call. And Tom, we knew this was going to happen. Our, our our good friend, Dr. Scott Wright, K0MD, has, has, has been tweeting tonight. He, we're going to have to get him to get him to call but uh he he's saying these things like uh that the whole secret to it was was that it was an icom that you were using and, <laughs> and he also says here uh that uh he worked you during uh on on cw during a, a pretty big solar eruption and and said yeah. uh, he's like three three nine. Uh, no, no five nine for that. Uh, I think he <laughs> ought to give you a five nine for that, hadn't he? Well, the first time uh, on the mornings it was really strong, and we did have a solar uh, event, uh, CME. And uh, but Scott has a nice station over there. He's running, uh, you know, uh, a kilowatt and two elements up like 120 feet or 110 feet or something, but uh, it's up there. And uh, he gave me a 509 and I've never had a 509 in my life. Uh, you know, where you can, you can hear, but there's no signal strength whatsoever. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not moving the meter. So uh, yeah, um, we, uh, we, that icon, I was using, uh, I borrowed the Icon 7000 from Scott, so that's why he's saying that, uh, I think. Because he, he's, he's got the big ones at home. He's got the 7800 and 7851, I think. So, uh, But um, anyway, so we, we worked each other a couple of times out there, and uh, it was good to be able to hear him. Uh, the first time it was blasting in, and then the next time it was like, whoa, where'd he go? Um, just because of CME. The solar conditions have been pretty pretty poor. As ever, anybody that's been on HF lately knows how how poor the conditions have been. They have been that. I, I can tell you, they uh, they have been. And so, if you can get through there and get a five zero nine, I, I think I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, theoretically, that means you're not hearing them. So <laughs> yeah, theoretically, I mean, right? Yeah, you know, <laughs> if you go by the list. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there yeah. was some there were some awesome signals out of the states, and and uh, I was on 17 meters one day where it was popcorn propagation, where one one minute it might be Maine, and the next minute it'd be Texas, and the next minute it'd be North Dakota, and uh, you know, uh, propagation was just bouncing all over the states, and the cluster was showing that you know, hey, there's an opening on 17 meters. Well, yeah, but it was only a spot spot uh, propagation that who knows where it was going to go at any one time was anybody's guess. So very interesting, especially out when you're out in the middle of nowhere like that. But uh, that salt water really helps. I'm sure it helped my signal and, of course, the amplifier that I had. So um, being over that high conductivity salt water is, was the way, really nice uh, way to go. Yeah, and uh, Scott uh, also mentions the the number one thing, and we talked about this at Contest University last week, the number one thing was uh, that you're a really good CW op. So that always <laughs> makes a difference, too. Well, I love CW. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a great skill to, uh, for everybody to have, I think. But uh, anyway, it's fun to use it out there, and uh, it's fun to be on the expedition. I look forward to uh, Expedition 4. It's still the greatest unsolved mystery of the 20th century, and uh, 
hopefully uh, we'll be out again to get this thing done and get it solved. Um, we just get the, you ask what, uh, what do you get out of it? Um, well, it's a quest. It's a quest. And to help solve one of the greatest mysteries of the 20th century, that's, uh, that's fine with me. That's fine with me. Yep. And that's where we're going to leave it tonight, Tom. Thanks uh, for coming on the show. And that is a wrap for this week's edition of Ham Talk Live. So thanks to Tom Vincent, K- or NY0V, and everyone out there uh, listening and calling in and tweeting and invite you back next Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Jerry Roselius, WB9Z, is going to be on the show to talk about his recent induction into the CQDX Hall of Fame. And uh, also coming up soon, Michael Coulter is going to be back from Dara to kind of recap uh, Hamvention and talk a little bit about uh, what changes they are uh, thinking about making for next year. So that'll be coming up soon. And also Bryant, a 13-year-old CW op, is going to be on. We're going to tell you his story. So uh, make sure you tune in at hamtalklive.com. But for now, this is Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours. Out, 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 out